This morning we begin a new series. It's called 40 Days of Prayer. And then the tagline of it is Connecting with God Every Day. It's a new series that will run from now until Easter. And every year at GRX about this time, we go into this time of prayer. And so this is 40 days, 40 days of prayer, because it's 40 days before Easter. In the church, this time, right before Easter, is called Lent, traditionally. If you can think about it like this, before Christmas, there's a series, a season of four weeks called Advent, and then we anticipate Christmas time. Christmas, and then the four weeks before Advent. Easter is the same way, traditionally, in the church, that there's Easter, but then before that is this season of Lent, and it's 40 days. It's a time of intentionally reconnecting with God. And so for the next 40 days, what we'll be looking at is ways that we can intentionally connect with God every day for everyone to connect with God every day. It's a little bit like, um, I keep bringing these different uh, computer, project, uh, computer products because you guys know how techie I am. Um, that's a little bit of a joke for those that know. I came to GRX first with a flip phone not too long ago. But I brought this cable, and this is, uh, this is my lightning cable for my iPhone Five that I'm using now, and because I know I'm I'm on the cutting edge, and prayer is a little bit like this cable. Every night before I go to bed, kind of check my phone, and it's kind of down to like 25 percent. So I plug my phone in, and then at night it recharges, and then in the morning I check, and my phone is back up to 100 percent. And prayer is a little bit like this cable. It gives us this opportunity to connect with God. We can connect with God at nighttime. We can connect with God in the morning. It doesn't matter at what time of day you connect with God. But what's important is that as people who are followers of Jesus Christ, that we would connect with God every day. And you guys would know what happened if my phone didn't connect with the cable that it just would run out of juice. It, it, would, it, would, it wouldn't be able to function. And that's the same thing with prayer. Sometimes we run our lives and we're just disconnected from God. We don't intentionally connect ourselves with God. And then we're, we're disconnected and then we're disoriented. We don't know how we should decide things. We don't know what we should be doing. We feel like our life is scattered. And I would say we're scattered. If we feel scattered, it's because we're not taking time to daily connect with God. And that's the point of the next 40 days of prayer, to connect with God, to deepen our prayer practices in our lives, and to pray every day, to pray every day. But don't get me wrong here. It's not just for the sake of the activity. Like, oh, okay, I prayed every day, so I checked that off. I checked that box on my to-do list. It's not prayer for prayer's sake. It's prayer for the sake of connecting with God. And prayer is simply this. Prayer is talking and listening to God. I put that up here on this slide just so you could see it for all you visual learners out there. 
So, Grace, if you could put that up. Prayer is simply talking and listening to God. Um, that's all right. Don't worry, Grace. That can't come up. That's right. There it is. Prayer is talking and listening to God. That's all that it is. Not to be super spiritual about it. Not like you have to do anything super crazy about it. It's simply talking and listening to God. The challenge I'd like to put out for our GRX community is that you would talk and listen to God every day. Now, some of you guys might go, I don't know, do I already do that? I don't know, my life is so busy. How did That's the challenge, that every day for the 40 days of prayer, you would talk and listen to God. You would connect with God in an intentional way. And at the end of this service, I'll actually show you guys a way that I found very particularly helpful in intentionally connecting with God every day. Okay, so we're going to look at a passage in Scripture where Jesus himself talks about how to connect with God. Essentially, how to pray. And it's Matthew chapter 6, where Jesus is focusing us on how do you do this? How do you actually pray? So we get from Jesus these two great pictures. We get a picture of what does it mean to pray, and then also what does it mean to fast. So we're going to look today at both prayer and fasting. Jesus gives us some interesting insights on what to do, how to do this, but he also says how not to do it. And I think that's also key to look at. Matthew chapter 6 We'll look at verses 5 and 6, and also 16 through 18. It says this. This is Jesus' teaching. Jesus says, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, he says, Amen, I say to you. Truly I say to you, They have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. Then he goes on and he talks about fasting in this same section and there's a parallel here. He says, and when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites for they disfigure their faces that their fasting might be seen by others. Truly I say to you, amen, amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Two sections of teaching, prayer and fasting. And Jesus runs these two passages parallel to each other. So what do we learn from the first part? How do we pray? What does Jesus say? How do we pray? It's really simple. Go into your room, shut the door, pray in secret. So what's going on here with Jesus? This word secret, is, it's kind of a cool word. 
It's this word in the original language from cryptos. It's from the word cryptos that we get the English word encryption. You know, we get encryption in our computers. That's the word that Jesus is using here. Cryptos, encrypted. Go into your room, shut the door, and pray. Encryption or cryptos means hidden. It means secret. It means concealed, right? Just like encryption. So what does that mean to pray in secret, to pray hidden, to pray in a concealed way? Colossians 3.3 says, your life is cryptos, is hidden with Christ. It means it's kept secret. It means that it's kept safe. And the image that I get is almost like when you go to your room and when you go and pray, it's almost like you're sneaking around, secreting yourself away because you are treasuring your time with God. You're keeping it secret, you're keeping it safe because it's your treasure. You guys know that one of my favorite uh, book trilogies of all time is The Lord of the Rings. I love The Lord of the Rings. And there's a character in The Lord of the Rings and his name is Gollum. And there's a time where Gollum, he's kind of this slimy little creature. He's got these big eyes and he's kind of shifty. But he finds the ring of power, the most powerful ring in the Lord of the Rings. It's this incredible gold ring, and it's just super precious. In fact, if you know the story, and that's why people are laughing, Gollum calls it, my precious. My precious. And how does Gollum treat that ring? He guards it. He keeps it secret. He tucks it in his little tiny loincloth that he wears. He's right. If you know the movie, Peter Jackson film, he does such a great job. But he keeps his precious ring secret and safe. That's what cryptos is. That's what it means to go in to your room and pray in secret because you treasure your prayer time, your secret time, your connection with God so much that you go and keep it safe. That's what he's talking about here. Connect with God. Treasure your time with God. Don't make a big show of it. Jesus says, don't be like the hypocrites, praying so that they'll be seen by others, so that they'll receive the praise of people. That's the worst thing, isn't it? Wouldn't that be just the worst thing about praying? Praying in such a way so that other people see you, and then, wow, they go, wow, look at how super spiritual he is. Wow, that's so great. If you pray that way, the way that the hypocrites do, you've received your reward. You've received the praise of other people. There's no benefit in that. And actually, it's so terrible. Because if you really think about it, instead of connecting with God out of a relationship with God, the hypocrites instead are using God 
to look good in front of other people. And that's why I think Jesus rails on that. Don't pray so that other people think you're super spiritual. Do it in secret. Treasure it. And your Father, who sees you in secret, will reward you. So prayer, it's talking and listening to God. Prayer is simply talking and listening to God. But Jesus talks not only about prayer as talking and listening to God, he also talks about fasting. And fasting, I just think of fasting simply as this. Fasting is a practice to eliminate the distractions. Fasting is something simply that eliminates the distractions. Now, in the first century, in the time that Jesus was talking, people would fast or refrain from eating food. And they would refrain from food, eating food in the day all the way until sunset. And that was just a practice that they did, a spiritual practice to free themselves from distractions so they could focus on God. We'll talk a little bit more about fasting, but let's look again to see what Jesus says about fasting. And notice he'll say some very parallel things to what he said earlier about prayer. So picking up in verse 16, Matthew 6, verse 16, Jesus again reminds us, and when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Oh, I'm fasting today so I can be so holy before God. Don't do that. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. I was trying to think of something, and I came up with this thing that could be kind of clever or it could be kind of corny, depending how you think about it. But I was thinking about this. It's not going to come up on the slide because I didn't want any written thing about it. Fasting. You refrain in order to gain. Whoa, thank you. Thank you. Fasting, I'll say it again. You refrain in order to gain. Refrain in order to gain. That's what fasting is. Jesus says, don't be seen by others. Like praying, you don't want to be seen by others. Fasting in order to be seen by others. Don't gain status. Don't gain praise from other people by fasting. Let your fasting be done in secret, like prayer. Your fasting is something hidden and precious and personal and treasured by you. So that by fasting, by refraining from something, you may gain a more focused connection with God. Refrain in order to gain. I already said in fasting, traditionally in Jesus, they refrained from food. They didn't eat until sundown. You know, you see in Scripture, all over Scripture, people that will pray and fast together. In the Old Testament, you see Daniel who will pray and fast together. 
Nehemiah in the season where the wall of Jerusalem was destroyed and he was going back and wanting to rebuild the wall around Jerusalem. The book of Nehemiah talks about how Nehemiah, a hero of the Old Testament, would, pr- would fast and pray together. In the New Testament, the apostle Paul, he fasts and prays. In the book of Acts, you see the leaders praying and fasting together. You see Cornelius, a man in Acts 10, very spiritual, very holy, very much pursuing God, and he would fast and pray together. Not so that they'd be seen by men, so that they would be connected more deeply with God. What's interesting is that what Jesus talks about is when you fast. He doesn't say if you fast. He says when you fast. It's not, he doesn't say if you pray. He says when you pray. And it's in this same section. And I think fasting and praying go really well together. Because when we refrain from something, we remove a distraction. And then that thing that we are refraining from, when we long for it, when we hunger for it, it can remind us to long for and hunger after God. And it points us back to connecting ourselves again with God. You know, it's interesting that Jesus does not teach in this passage how long we need to fast or how long we need to pray. He doesn't teach about how long. In the fasting section, he doesn't teach about what we need to fast from. And I think that's why it can be deeply personal. What we fast from doesn't have to be food. It can be, but it can be deeply personal. What will it be for you? These 40 days before Easter, this season of Lent, is traditionally a time of prayer and fasting, of reflection, and even of confession. Maybe something has power over you. It's been true with a lot of people all through history that there's something in our lives that has power over us. And the 40 days of Lent, the 40 days before Easter, is that traditional time where we say, you know, God, I want you to have power over my life, not this other thing. So for these 40 days, I will fast from this other thing and give that up to you because I want you to have power over my life and not this other thing. Prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. Now you might pick somebody, you might pick something to fast from that you go, wow, I'm going to give this up because it has power over me. But now I don't want you to do what, I, what happened with some very clever kids that I was talking with. As I was talking once with kids about fasting, you know, kids are so smart. And they're like, oh, I, get, I have to give something up for 40 days? Yeah you, you, yeah, you refrain from that. You don't eat that. You just like, you give that up. And one kid says, I know what I'm going to fast from. Broccoli. I'm like, yeah. All right, you only talk to your parents about that. See if they want to do that. All right? I mean, give up something 
that'll mean something to you. Give up something that has power over you that go, I'm not going to do this for 40 days. Refrain. You might even refrain from something good. And that's okay. Don't be legalistic about it. But you might refrain from something good so that you might be able to connect with God. You might refrain from something good so that you can gain something that's great. Let me just say this one more caveat. Fasting is not punishment. Fasting, to refrain from something, don't, don't do it to punish yourself. Like, oh, I'm going to just, I'm just going to, and it's going to be, make yourself so miserable. You know, make yourself feel so bad. Because Jesus says, don't disfigure your faces. That's what the hypocrites do. Don't do that. Shower. Wash your face. All right? Don't be like, oh, I'm sorry. Don't be miserable when you fast. Don't do that. Jesus says, don't do that. Okay? So it's not about punishment. Okay, so here are some things. What could we fast from? What are some possible things that we might fast from in our now modern 21st century kind of people? What would we fast from? We could take a media fast. You could choose to fast from your device for a certain amount of time. You do a media fast. You work that out. You could shut off your computer, say, at 7 o'clock at night, 7.30 at night, every night for the next 40 days. 7.30, just shut it off. All right? No Facebook, no email. Tell your people at work, hey, I'm going to stop working at 7.30. You know, if you can do that, if you can do that, you know, you might shut it off. For you guys out there, and I know some of you ladies too, a buddy of mine every season at this time of year, he would fast from the NCAA March Madness (laughs) Final Four Tournament. I know some of you that will sound heretical. Welcome to GRX if this is your first time. I'm a dangerous pastor. I live on the edge of heresy. All right? But some of you might fast because you go, wow, the NCAA tournament has an exorbitant amount of power over me. Basketball tournaments, if I don't get to watch it, I get very frustrated and angry and then I yell at my children. Why should basketball cause me to yell at my children? That's something that has a disproportionate amount of power in your life, okay? So a buddy of mine used to always give up the NCAA tournament. It was good for his soul. It was good. You might give up morning coffee. You might give up chocolate-covered malt balls. You might give up McDonald's cheeseburgers. You might give up anything that tends to have power over you. It's really up to you. You could fast from something every day. You could fast from something every week. It's up to you. But the key is not punishment, not to disfigure our faces. It's to connect with God. We refrain in order to gain. You pray in secret. You fast in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. That's what he says. Prayer and fasting in secret. That your Heavenly Father might reward you. And I was thinking, what's the reward? What's the payoff, right? What do we get? 
I don't know. I don't know what you'll get. Jesus says, your heavenly father will reward you. I don't know what that is, but God knows what that is. I have an idea of what it could be. Rewards that God has given when people have committed themselves to prayer and fasting. This is what I've seen. The reward for people has been a profound sense of being known and loved by God. In prayer and fasting, I've had people come realize a total acceptance of who you are in spite of your past and your history. You know what that is. I don't, I don't know what that is. The person sitting next to you, they don't know what that is. But God knows what that is. God knows who you are. A reward is clarity around a life direction. In answer to a question or a prayer that you've been wrestling with, I've seen God give the reward of peace. A peace through anxiousness and worry that's been plaguing someone. I've seen God give the reward of forgiveness a release of something in your past that's been tormenting you. I've seen that reward given by God through his Holy Spirit. Does a reward like that intrigue you? Is that invitational to you? Does a reward like that terrify you? Sometimes people are reluctant to pray and fast because they're afraid of judgment or punishment that comes with being one-on-one with God. But let me tell you, we serve and pray to a loving God, not a God of punishment, not a God of fear. Our big theme at GRX for this year has been faith over fear. If being alone in your room with God is a fearful thing, This 40 days, what a great opportunity to step into faith over fear if it's fearful for you to be alone with God. And wouldn't it be a great expectation to come to be loved by God and trust that the God we pray for and the God that we pray to is loving and gracious and forgiving, not a God of fear. So for the next 40 days, it's my challenge to pray every day, to connect with God every day. There's a prayer app that we've been sharing with people. Some of the life group leaders have already uh, looked at this. We sent it out on an X flash as well. I'm just going to show you what a couple of the screens of it look like. It's this. It's a three-minute retreat. And I kid you not, It takes three minutes. And it's fantastic because it takes you through a little bit of scripture. It takes you through a couple of questions that will prompt you about the scripture. And then it will take you through a prayer right at the end. I'm gonna just go ahead and read this. Actually, Grace, if you could just back up 
And I'll just kind of guide us through this. I'll take a little bit of time to do this. But this is just how it looks. There's the opening screen. You can download it. And then, Grace, the next slide, please. It gives a title. This title is Blessed and Broken. And the next slide, please. A little bit of scripture. Mark 6. Then taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he said the blessing, broke the loaves, and gave them to his disciples to set before the people. He also divided the two fish among them all, and they all ate and were satisfied. There's a section out of the feeding of the 5,000. And then there's just, just brief reflection. God cares for us, extends beyond the farthest reaches of our imagination. Who but God could imagine feeding thousands of people with five loaves and a few fish? The generosity of God can't be outdone. By providing food for the multitudes, Jesus teaches us how our unconditional trust in God can turn the smallest gesture into a great grace. It would have been easier if Jesus had listened to the disciples and sent the people off. Instead, he calls the disciples to step out of their comfort zone and do something that they must have felt futile in the face of so many hungry people. Today, Jesus asks us to do the same. Allow God to show his care and generosity abundantly through our efforts. And then there's a question. When have I recently been surprised by the abundance and generosity of God? For me, I was surprised by the abundance and generosity of God through the GRX Philippines team and the generosity of this community and others who supported the team and gave 16 boxes worth of supplies for us to take to the Philippines. And then this question, how willing am I to step outside of my comfort zone to allow God to work through me? Maybe to go and care for some people. And then it ends with this. Speak to God using these words or words of your own. Generous and loving God, your care for us has no limits. Increase my trust in you that I may be a sign of your kingdom to the people I meet today. Amen. Three minutes. Forty days connecting with God every day. It can start today. If you did this, you've done yours for today. Let's pray together. God, I thank you so much that you call us into relationship with you. And so God, I pray as a people that as we enter into this 40 days of prayer, that you would meet us as we pray in secret, as we fast in secret. God, I pray that you would be present with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.